Hi, welcome back to Office Chats, a podcast presented by Madam Blue. I'm your host, Valeria, and today's guest is El De Freitas, the founder of Wonderkind, a branding agency based in Austin, Texas, specializing in branding, social media, package design, influencer marketing, and content creation. Whether it's an out-of-the-box photo shoot, a logo refresh, or an Instagram makeover, Wonderkind continuously creates unique content for food and beverage brands like Yasso, Torchies, Sun Life Organics, Mudwater, and more. In this episode, Elle chats about her journey to launching and growing a creative studio, what goes into creating unique content for CPG brands, and how she has adapted her leadership style to work effectively with a team of Gen Z employees. You'll also want to stick around to the end of the episode to hear Elle's thoughts on how to pursue entrepreneurship without a formal business background. Let's get into the show. Elle, it's great to have you on the podcast. I'd love to get started by having you introduce yourself and sharing a little bit about your career background. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is El DeFreitas, and I am founder and I'm CEO of Wonderkind. Wonderkind is a design, photography, Instagram, and TikTok studio. And we work with primarily food and beverage brands. And I've got a team of, of 30, 30 young gals. They're all around 25. And we all work together in Austin, Texas, working on on those parts of business and with those brands. So I'm pretty familiar with your company because I've been following Wonderkind on Instagram for a while now. But for those who don't know, can you share more about the services that you offer and what led you to create the business? Yes, so we, like I said, have four parts of business. First being design. We do a lot of branding work, logos, labels, like things you see at the grocery store. Uh, the packaging, we'll, we'll design a lot of that. And then we do a lot of photography. So like you're mentioning on our Instagram, we show a lot of the behind the scenes of our photo process. So studio looking imagery, uh, really big set designs. We'll do quite a bit of photo work, usually for websites uh, or just, you know, great assets for our brands. And then uh, Instagram and TikTok, we will uh, work on the strategy, the content, and then we were, are usually the ones managing the platforms for brands. So for instance, on Instagram, we manage about, I think about 20 brands and same on, on TikTok, 20, 20 brands on TikTok as well. Between all parts of business, we'll work maybe on like 60, 70 brands a month uh, doing all of those different things I mentioned. So that's what we do. What What inspired me? I love food and beverage. I love the category and, and I, I really always have. My dad and I love the grocery store. Uh, it's funny because my mom, she doesn't like going to the grocery store. Uh, she, she, of course, like when we were growing up, she made all of our dinner, but she didn't like going to the grocery store. And uh, when my dad like, you know, wanted to get away or like go somewhere else, if him and mom were arguing or something like that, they would go or he would go to the grocery store and just walk the aisles it's kind of funny uh most dads might go play golf or like go to the bar to drink beer he would he would go to the grocery store and so we just grew up loving the grocery store my dad and I so anywho uh I've always loved it the category and whenever I started Wonderkind I was looking for a way that I could work with food and beverage um and this was this was the way that I found 
I could do it. What were some of the first steps that you took to turn that idea into reality when you realized this is the type of business I want to create? These are the clients I want to go after. What were some of the initial steps that you took to kind of get the ball rolling? It's a unique, a little bit unique because before this business, I had another business that really primed me to have this business. And the business I had before was basically doing events for food and beverage brands. So I had started making a lot of connections and a lot of relationships with potential clients through that first business. So when I started this one, there were steps I made, like, how am I going to market my company? How am I going to, uh, you know, spread the word or create awareness around this company? And so we spent, at the time, my best friend joined me on this business and she's creative. So we spent a lot of time building our brand. Uh, and that is a unique thing that, that most, most agencies like B2B businesses, business to business, like we are, they don't create that big of a brand They're They kind of, you know, maybe get a black and white logo up and have a kind of an okay website. And they, they start building clients. We did a different approach and I attest a lot of our success to the approach that we took, which was how do we build a brand around Wonderkind? So we spent a lot of time doing the logo designing the website, taking, you know, fo fun photos of the two of us, um, made it like a, a launch video. Like we really went in on our brand and, and, and our Instagram at the start. We, we, hi we hyped ourselves up at the start with a launch video, with a really nice logo, with a fun website for a few reasons. One, we had no proof of experience or proof of concept. So we almost had to build our own brand so we could show others we could build theirs, essentially. <laughs> when people were like, hey, can you show us the work you've done? It was like, yeah, our website. And they'd be like, oh, it looks great. Cool. Let's talk. You know, so it's we had to fuss a lot about our brand because no one else was going to fuss about it for us. So we kind of had to do it ourselves. Doing that has actually been a huge uh, successful decision that we we had made and we're seeing success from it now is because we've grown a really big following around our brand. And it started from the beginning when we first started, we, we were hyping up our brand so much. We wanted to build a community around our brand. And now, you know, 60,000 followers, people know us, consumers know us, brands know us. And it's been a good decision to do it the way that we did it. Because mm -hmm. if you can think about it, like you as a consumer probably would never follow a B2B business, a service-based business. Yeah. I don't follow any other agency besides Wonderkind, I don't think. And that is essentially what sets you apart among, you know, many things, but the fact that your business has a lot of personality. Yes. What else do you think sets Wonderkind apart from other creative agencies and how do you continue to differentiate yourself in a growing and competitive market? One big thing is our quality of work. We're a creative agency, therefore, our creative, so like our design, our reels, our photography, we have to make sure it all looks really good because people are attracted to things that look really nice and look really good. I do all of our sales calls, so I'm kind of front line on, on sales and I'll take calls and the first thing they'll say is like, your work is so aesthetic or we love your work because it's so pretty or whatever that's a big important part of our business that does set us apart because the quality is king 
to us. And how I ensure that is I make sure that we have really strong creative leadership, creative direction in-house, that their only job is to make sure the creative is awesome. Over time, as we've grown, we've never skimped on the quality of our content. And we've brought everything in in-house. That's another unique thing. We never hire freelancers. We never outsource creative because I want my team to be able to control the creative and have it right here in Austin, in our studio. We're able to just keep control over it. The other unique thing, of course, is our employees. They are very young. Uh, the average age, like I was saying, was around 24. And that is very unique. You know, we've got strategists and operations managers and project managers that typically at other agencies or other companies are 10, 15 years experience, 20 years experience. And our team, we don't do that. I employ young and I really promote young because I think our young gals have so much to offer if they just had someone who maybe gave them the opportunity or believed in them. And so this has caused a very unique work environment and brands really like this unique environment because they're getting the people on the job that know, know their stuff the best and they're the most adaptable. They're the highest energy. They're not, you know, burnt out and have been in this agency, in agency life for 20 years, you know, they're fresh and they're ready. They're excited. They're the consumers typically. So that's been a really unique thing for us too, is my team's age. I think that comes across immediately. You know, if anyone listening takes a look at the Wonderkind socials, just because your employees are kind of at the forefront of your page when you're, you know, I'm watching your stories or they're posting things, you kind of feel like you almost know the company because you know the people through social. Sure. Um, I think it's very refreshing the way that it's not done in a like a corporate type of way. And I think that says a lot about hiring young and the advantages that your team has at that age to know how to connect with the younger audience because they themselves are in that generation. Right. And I know that you recently spoke to Business Insider about what it's like managing your all-woman team of Gen Z employees. So can Mm -hmm. you tell me how you've adapted your leadership style to work effectively with those young employees? Yeah. And, and I really like that question that I, I got from Business Insider because I think about it all the time. How I've adapted my leadership, this generation to me, and this is, of course, through my own experience working with them every day, is this, this generation is a little bit more emotion first. They lead with a little bit more fluff, a little bit more emotion first. And so my my normal management style is probably more practical, no fluff, very to the point, very direct and straight up. And for this this generation, I am I'm very much doing a lot of sandwich tactics of like, hey, you did a really great job when you did this reel. I think next time, let's try to slow down the reel a bit because it's coming across too fast and we're missing the brand point. But I love that you use that style of recipe creation or whatever. I'm doing a lot of that. And is that best for the future for everyone? Maybe. It's a nice way to do it. Um, but my my thought process is more like, okay, what do we need to do to get to the end point in the best way, in the fastest way possible? So I'm happy to do sandwich type of tactics or whatever I need to do to get them there. 
that's one way I've, I've noticed that they respond really well to. I think they also respond well to having a lot of flexibility. And me as a millennial, I also wanted that in my employer. I wanted a lot of flexibility, not necessarily of like, I want a bunch of PTO. I just wanted to have, if I wanted to go on a walk for an hour during the day, I didn't want to have to tell anyone I was doing that. Uh, and that, that's the environment I set up for the girls here is if they want to go leave on a Tuesday at two o'clock to go meet their mom for an early happy hour, they don't need to tell me that they're doing that. I, I'm trusting them and giving them the trust and the respect that they'll finish their work if they had any left when they, when they do. And they, they are balancing their priorities and, and they value under kind that they would, I trust that they'll finish work and that they, they're making the best decision for themselves by going to meet their mom early. I think flexibility is something that they really value. And then I think they like to learn. <laughs> um, that's one that, that they're always talking about. They love to learn. So I try to provide a lot of opportunities for them to, to self-learn. Uh, for instance, you know, we've got a gal who's never done events and she's like, I'd like to hold an event. I'm like, great. Let's learn how to do that. I'll fund it. I'll make sure we get to do this event and you lead it. Tell me what you need. So I'm, I'm always willing to fund with either financially or with their time, their ideas that they have to learn something new. And also uh, we constantly are looking for ways for them to learn by having speakers in or courses that they find. Um, so I'm well aware that the generation likes to learn. And so my part of my job is like, okay, how can we help them learn uh, different skills, whether they apply to the job or not? That's great. And I feel like all those qualities, like the trust, the flexibility, the opportunities are all things that have kind of become a little bit more, I mean, they were always important, but I feel like post pandemic, it's not an optional thing. It's almost like that's kind of a make or break when they're looking for a place to work. Yeah, I really, I mean, it sounds, it sounds selfish, but I'm building a company that I wished I had when I was their age. And the flip side of that, because there is one, is there are sometimes we'll have employees that, that they come in and they want a ton of structure. They work better in really corporate, regimented type of workplaces. And they come in and they don't do well here because you have to be quite self-motivated to work here because we're not corporate and we never will be. Mm -hmm. We're not going to have layers of management and processes that impede on their growth because there's, so, you know, you have to be, you have to be at your job for four years before you can move up to be this tiny little incremental growth. So it's like, there's nothing, there's none of that here. And some, some people don't do well in that environment. I think it's just about finding the right fit of people, yeah. which it seems like yeah. you have done. And I know your team has grown a lot in the last couple of years, as well as you've grown on the client side and having more business. But I'm curious what have been some of the biggest challenges you faced when starting out and how you overcame them? Hmm. You know, we had a, you know, probably a two week challenge when we began of like, how are we going to get clients? We have no experience, no work that we've done that we can show people like, how are we going to get clients? That went away really quickly when we had one, we had a, you know, two or one or two brands that gave us trust and said like, okay, 
you've never shown us you could do anything, but we're going to give you the trust. We're going to see if you can do it. And of course, when we got them on as clients, we had nothing else to do but work on these brands. So we made them amazing, you know, did awesome design. We, we spent every moment on these two brands. Then we were able to show brands that weren't working with us, that were thinking about it, like, here's what we can do for you. As soon as we got those two clients, we, we like never had to worry about sales again and still don't. The problems at the start, it was, it was learning how to hire. I'll tell you a story. We, we had hired our first employee and it was someone I had, you know, it was a younger gal. She just out of college. It was someone I had, you know, known over Instagram and cause we were both kind of foodie people. So I had known her, she moved to Austin independently. And I was like, Oh, she could work at Wonder Kind. So she was our first full-time hire back in, you know, June or July of 2020. And it wasn't a great fit. It wasn't working as, as well as I would have wanted it to work it was probably a month in and I was like, this is not, this is not quite the right fit. It just wasn't working. And I was like, I'm going to have to let her go. And I had never let someone go uh, before. And I had to call her and let her go. And it, it went horribly. You know, she was really upset. She was really sad. And I thought I ruined someone's life. I was like, I mean, I was like crying so much after I had told her and after it didn't go well, I was with my husband. I'm like curled up in a ball. Like I just ruined someone's life. Like everything's over for her. Like I've just, I just messed up someone's life. Like I was distraught. That was like a very challenging thing for me. And, and people don't think about that sometimes. I think when they hire but sometimes they're not going to work out and you're going to have to let them go or they're going to leave and it, it will be a bad experience. So those are, you know, that, that was an extreme story. And that was my first time letting someone go and I'll never forget it. Learning how to do that now is really helpful because there's a lot of reasons why people won't be a good fit at your company. And there's a lot of things you just don't know until someone's there. It's hard to like screen certain characteristics that you really want in your company in an interview you see a lot of it when they're there and you see the real the real version of them and, and many times almost every time it's great and there's there will always be a few people that you're like oh gosh I might have made a mistake with that one and, and learning how to let someone go is important and what would you say is the biggest challenge your company is currently facing today how do we scale how do we get bigger because we have the clients that want to work with us. So how, how do we grow while keeping our quality and keeping our culture? Which I think a lot of brands talk about and think about is like, how do we scale? How do we grow, but keep the integrity of our quality of work and the, the wonderful team culture we have, which neither I will ever want to sacrifice. Yeah, that's incredibly important. I'd love to dig into the creative process at Wonderkind for a bit. So how do you typically collaborate with clients and ensure that you're creating projects everyone is happy with? You know, I tell clients, because again, I'm on sales. So I'm, I'm always telling them about our process and they'll say like, what's the collaboration like? And what I tell them and what I'll tell you is there are some brands that come to us that are like, have fun. Like, here's our product. Enjoy. And we, we can work very independently and we have a very 
good onboarding. We'll onboard the brand. They'll ask, you know, we'll ask a ton of questions. We'll really learn about the brand, get the product, taste the product, be really briefed, and then we'll start creating content. And if the brand was like, hey, we're too busy to talk, like have fun with the information we've gathered. We're, we're able to create great content and we're, we can work independently. Now, some brands want to work a lot more collaboratively and we can do that. And we just have frequent check-ins with them have creative directors as touch points for them so that the creative directors are trained on, you know, receiving client feedback and turning it into the right type of information for our creators to act upon. So it just depends on every client though. Some will be so hands-on, they'll be making mood boards for us and demoing things for us and, and, and even coming on set when we're, when we're shooting, then others will just, you know, we've got two guys in LA that own a THC spirit essentially and they're like y'all know best (laughs) have fun and we're like great they Um, would be the chill ones right yeah exactly they're like we love y'all just you know have fun girls you know (laughs) there it's just a different thing where there's we worked on a tequila brand that they were very active she sent mood boards she was wanting multiple phone calls and you know, so it's like, it just depends and, and we'll work with all of them. I don't really care. I'm like, whatever y'all want to do, um, which is another u- unique thing actually about WonderKind is usually agencies are really stuffy. Like there's, you know, very strict processes and there's revision fees and there's this, that, and the other, like there's a lot of guardrails where for me, I'm like, I don't, I can't even be bothered with all that detail. I'm like, whatever's best for everyone I'll do. We're, we're just a little more flexible. Well, Wonderkind recently celebrated three years of business. Can you share any memorable moments or projects that you're most proud of? There's so much we've accomplished that I never would have even like thought we would have been able to accomplish. Like the brands we work with right now are brands I would have had on like a dream list that was so far from where we were three years ago. And so you know, shooting for brands like Hippies or Flow or Torchies or Bulletproof. Like these are big brands that I can't believe they would reach out to us wanting to work with us. So those things happen all the time. I think what I'm most proud of is having 30 full-time employees and providing a space in which that they can grow and have fun and live their life and have 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 a team that really cares about them that's what I'm most proud of is seeing them become friends here and when they go off on other jobs they're still friends with the people they met at Wonderkind and that that is probably what I'm most proud of yeah it's kind of priceless right to see those relationships form I think so Mm -hmm. As your business continues to grow, you know, you're managing a bigger team with multiple deliverables. I know you're also a mentor at this Q Accelerator here in Austin. How do you stay inspired and motivated in your work while managing multiple projects at a time? I just think it's just so overset and overdone and overstated, but like having sometimes some space, my work, my day, every day is I'm in calls usually every 30 minutes for the whole day. So it's a full calendar, if you can imagine. Every 30 minutes from nine to five in a meeting, whether it's internally meeting with my team or most often it's meeting with external partners or brands that want to work with us. So 
every 30 minutes have calls. And if you can imagine every call has something that needs to be done after, you know, whether that's Mm -hmm. me sending more information or me following up on something. So that is done after five or on the weekends. Randomly, I'll have like a day that meetings might've moved or someone canceled a few meetings in a row. When I have space to like, just think honestly, that's how I can stay motivated. I get, you know, re-energized that way. The other thing that really keeps me motivated too, you know, cause this is a, I have a hard job. It's a, it's a hard business. It's a very draining and exhausting life I live at this moment. What keeps me energized is when I get on calls with brands that are like, we love Wonderkind. Like we are just so excited to be on this phone call with you. We have followed for years. Like we just love Wonderkind. I get so motivated by that. Cause I'm like, I want you to leave that phone call being like we were right about them there's so much energy there you know they're they really care about the 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 space so when I get on those types of calls or even with people like you know we hire all the time when I get on calls interviews with potential employees and they're like wonder kind's my dream job I've always wanted to work here I'm like I that is such a nice thing to hear because I'm like okay then me having a tough day or forgetting to have lunch or whatever, it's, it's worth it because people, people care and people want to be around the team. It's funny because when you said you were starting, you and your co-founder were having to like hype yourselves up and now you're at a point where like everyone else around you hypes you up. Yeah, exactly. As someone who has worked with a wide range of clients, what top tips would you give to brands looking to elevate their marketing and branding efforts? I think make sure that your brand, the way it looks, the way it feels is, is relevant to your consumer. So if your consumer is, is Gen Z or millennial, they're younger and they're, and they're female and they're into health and wellness, take a look at the category. It's very bright. It's very fun. It's very trendy. And if your brand is not looking like that, it might be worth investing into making your brand work hard for you on the shelf. So that, that would be like branding for marketing. I think TikTok's a great place to be. I think if, if there's no budget, try TikTok yourself. I think if there's no budget, Instagram's a great platform to show behind the scenes, show your funny moments, show the founder story. If budget is available, I think sometimes agencies are great to work with because you don't have to worry about the channels. If you find the right partner, they can help manage those channels things that can apply to businesses of all sizes. So that's great. Yeah. Who are some of the biggest influences and role models in your life and career? And what have you learned from them? It's funny because I didn't, I don't have a marketing background. I don't have a business background. I don't have an entrepreneurial background. I have my, my, my experience is, is literally probably completely irrelevant to what I do right now. I don't listen or follow any marketing people, any business people. I'm like totally removed from all of it. Um, my biggest influences are my parents. Those are people I look up to. Those are the people I hope I'm making them proud type of thing. So there's not even like, you know, anywhere I could point anyone to of like, this is a great person to follow. I would not even know. <laughs> no, I, I've totally envisioned something more like personal. So it's great that you answered okay, your parents. Yeah, I think <laughs> the values we learn from our parents. It's so funny how when you're younger, you don't realize how much impact Absolutely. they can have. 
but then you grow up and it's like oh this this that thing that my dad always told me applies to like business it applies to relationships yep. and so it is true that you know parents are always right whether we want to realize it or not yep yep well ella i like to close out each episode by asking our guests to provide a few words of wisdom so what is your biggest piece of advice for founders and entrepreneurs one would be surround yourself with people that do what you can't. Um, that was something I, I did. I, I found myself a, a very creative person and I found, I mean, I didn't, I mean, this wasn't business, but I, I have a husband who uh, is very good at admin and law and payroll. And so I found people that did the things that I couldn't. And, and that was really helpful for my business. I think stay curious would be one I would love to, to impart you can be and really do anything if you're curious and if you're competitive and motivated. Uh, so like for me, like I said, I'm, I'm a social work major. I'm not a marketing major. I'm not a business major. I don't, I don't really know. I didn't know anything and still probably know nothing about marketing and business. And I did everything I could at the start of the business to learn how to do those by asking the right people getting in the right room, reading the right articles to, to, to own a business and, and to, to how do I hire, you know, questions I have now and things like chat GPT hopefully will help more people start businesses because you can ask, how do I do this? How do I build a job description? What's the right email to email a potential client? Like I'm constantly researching and searching on how to be better, how to be, how to learn new things. And so I think stay curious would be another one. I love it. Thank you all so much for joining me and sharing your journey to, to entrepreneurship and launching Wonderkind. Before I let you go, can you please let everyone know where they can keep up with you and Wonderkind online and on social media? Absolutely. So we are at Wonderkind Co. everywhere. So TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, where it's all at Wonderkind Co. Thank you so much to Elle for joining me on the podcast and thank you to everyone listening. I hope you join us next week for a new episode of Office Chats.